We made it to kindergarten, August 30th, 2022. I don't want to be a grown-up. Being a grown-up is too hard. I want to stay five forever. Rebel Harmony heard from her friend that being a grown-up is hard. She's also been watching us for the last five years, and maybe she's starting to understand what it means not to have everything taken care of for you. We've always asked, but now insist, that she helps pick up the debris she leaves behind. Art projects, horses, stacks of books, magnetiles, drawings, bowls of fruit, puzzle pieces, toys, stuffed animals. The stuff of a child's life. She knows about her body now. These days, the bathroom is only an issue when we insist she at least try before we leave the house. She can open the fridge and help herself to a yogurt or string cheese or a sparkling water, though she needs help with the opening. The beginnings of independence. I'm slightly obsessed with the way we measure time, and I've become even more interested in the idea since Rebel Harmony joined us five years ago. Life is chopped into phases. Infancy, toddlerhood, little kid, big kid. Now we hear the word tween, teenager, and sometime around age 16 or 17, young adult. Though we don't usually say old adult. After 20, the phases get amorphous and less certain. A person might have their 20s and their 30s and name their age by the decade. Middle age is an arbitrary term for this amorphous time. If a person lives to age 53, technically their middle age would be 27. Then there are the life-extending tendencies of technology and science and the anti-aging bonanza that privileged older folks have latched onto. Many of them expect they'll be a hundred. The expectation of living a very long life seems like it would erode any deep sense of humility for one's mortality. It seems to be a simple equation. The gift of life generally becomes harder to appreciate if you expect it to continue indefinitely. Of course, everyone says they feel lucky, but how many have survived near-death experiences to really know that feeling? Not I. Sickness, yes, but not cancer. Not eight relapses of cancer after a double bone marrow transplant, like an internet friend of mine. I'm a 42-year-old mostly healthy, mildly anxious human who's a recovering depressive, and a teacher, a writer, and talker who loves being a father and does indeed feel lucky to have the partner and child and dog and home and friends and family that I have. Tonight, as midnight approaches, I feel a sense of an ending of this first phase of our child's life, the pre-kindergarten phase. And an enormous sense of relief is beginning to wash over me. Of course, all kinds of learning and support will be needed on the horizon. There will be countless potholes on the path to social development, cooperation, and patience. Things will be hard to learn. There will be big feelings and meltdowns and losses and injuries. But 
I'm taking a moment after we dropped her off and letting it fully sink in. We made it. The challenge of raising a child with two working parents and without extra in-person family support or even occasional childcare, that challenge is real. The search for harmony in our lives has been real. Grammy is a positive presence on Zoom and family visits are now more possible, like the one we had this summer when we traveled the East Coast, surviving long hours in the car and the many stops. She got to see the broader world and the many relatives and friends she hasn't seen enough of. She got to see dolphins leaping high out of the water in Georgia, and she had the chance to ride a horse in Western North Carolina, and now dreams of riding more horses. She calls herself Cowgirl Rebel. But the pandemic reality of the last two and a half years has shaped much of her experience. While we appreciated her preschool remaining open for most of these last two years, she's been ready for more. She is our rebel and our harmony. And we love her with all of ourselves while maintaining a sense of our own beings. There is an ever-shifting need for balance, parenting and working and finding enough time to remind yourself of your own existence, however you do it. We found a school that's intentional about creating a uniquely supportive community and we're fortunate to be able to send her into that community. The next phase is finally here. A neighbor asked if we are sad that the first phase is ending, that the elementary school phase is now beginning. I don't feel any sense of sadness, only optimism and relief. Her first day, she's figured out how to turn on the alarm on her clock. She often races in at 7 a.m. to ask me for the tablet. The routine, not one that I'm proud of, is that she gets the tablet for a short time in the early morning, goes back to her bed. 20 or 30 minutes later, we head downstairs and have breakfast and get dressed. Today, she went downstairs as soon as she woke up. No knock on the door, no asking for the tablet. The girl was ready for kindergarten. We've been itching for it to begin. We've been talking about it. We've been telling her about what she can do in the classroom, how she needs to listen, stay in her seat, be cooperative, be patient, be kind. We've both been working since my school year started three weeks ago. We watched as she marched in with her new friends this morning, lining up shy kindergartners about to figure out this elementary school thing. We weren't sad, we were all ready. School should be a place we all look forward to. It's one of the reasons I teach, to create community and find optimism and empower others with a sense of possibility and to remind myself of the same idea. I just hope she learns to love learning the way that we did.